I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. Welcome back, folks. This is Jay Pitts, Resource, Real Talk About Real Estate, here with Gabe Pruitt. Gabe, what's going on, brother? Not much, man. How about you? Dude, just ready to do this. Let's do it. What are we talking about today, Jay? Well, you know, I think we've spent some time in the last couple of episodes kind of surrounding the issue that we're going to discuss today. We've talked about how, um, you know, this is the year where brand engagement marketing eclipses direct response marketing. We've talked about how, you know, your sphere of influence as an agent is the lifeblood of your business and how you simply add to that with these other lead channels with conversion and whatnot. So today we're going to talk about how to engage that lifeblood of your business in a way that actually turns into more business. Exactly. Exactly. Not, not, um, you know, we've laid to rest the bus bench ad. We've laid to rest a lot of the cliches, cliches. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't think I've ever used that in plural tense. Anyway, um, uh, the cliches that, that agents of the, of yesteryear used to grab attention. But, um, you know, what is it like to get to these people and to grab their attention in a meaningful way? What does that look like in today's, in today's real estate industry? Well, I think it's good that you asked what does it look like today? Because I think a lot of our listeners, and maybe not our listeners, but some agents that are out there probably have a very dated idea of what it looks like to reach out to your past clients, especially your past clients. Yes. And it might be time for a refresher. And I think as we come into this new year, the time has never been better to revisit some of those ideas and talk about some of the stuff that doesn't work. Absolutely. You show me a successful agent, I'll show you an agent with a good sphere of influence that supports their business. So most agents, what it really just boils down to, if we want to get really simple, is they're sometimes afraid or apprehensive to call their past clients. You know, they've closed, they had a good relationship, but it's been six months now. And they're like, what am I going to say when I call this person? What, what am I? Hey, how's it going? Do you want to buy another house? Like they don't know what to say or how to make sure that it's a, a genuine interaction. So what would you say to people that have that fear right out of the gate? Well, here's the thing. And, and statistics and I have a funny relationship. <laughs> I, I like to deal in, in truth um, and, and statistics support truth, but I, I'm not extremely well researched in this, but being a, a professional that is in this industry, just immersed in it, right? Someone who thinks about it every day and, you know, is constantly looking to improve their business. What I can tell you is that, you know, a very small percentage of agents, even successful ones call their clients when they're not doing a transaction with them. Right. And I, and by call, I mean, call, pick up, pick up, phone call. Pick up the phone. Um, you know, a, a slightly greater percentage are texting them, you know, to check in here and there, a slightly greater percentage are probably emailing them or uh, an even larger percentage 
have them on an email campaign of some sort, a direct mail campaign of some sort. But truthfully, there's just a lot of agents out there that even have, you know, a pretty, um, you know, a fair amount of success that don't do anything. I was going to say the majority are probably doing nothing. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. So all you have to do to be the complete upper crust, right? The, the upper echelon, you know, rock stars in this industry is pick up the phone and have a meaningful conversation with your past clients. But Jay, my past clients don't want to hear from me three, four times a year, once a quarter. They don't want to hear from me so I can ask how their kids are doing and just see if there's anything I can help them with in real estate. They're going to get tired of that really soon. Well, I, I, I am so glad that you went there because the, the, the second truth, okay, is that even the upper crust, the ones that do call, they don't talk about business because they don't know what to say. Sure. They don't un- need they they don't understand how valuable it is. And I'm here today to give you an argument. Okay. And the argument is simply this. If you're not capable of having a direct conversation with your past clients about business, about referring you, about repeating in use of your service, then you're not professional enough to deserve their referrals and their support. Hmm. Okay. Now, considering the fact that most do nothing, that those that do, many don't talk business. They say, how are your kids? How's, how's life? What's going on? How's the, the about as, as business-like as they get is how's the house? Yeah. Okay. You still like it? You still like that? Yeah. Well, well, we the, we had a plumbing leak, you know. I mean, like that's negativity. That doesn't inspire people to refer you. I'm talking about picking up the phone and saying, "Hey, Gabe, it's Jay. Remember me? I sold you that house. I hope it's fantastic. You know, Gabe, what I'd like to do today is I'd like to talk to you about how I'd like to be your resource for everything real estate related and for the people that you know." right? That, that are in a similar situation that you were when you used my service. And I'd really like it if you put me in touch with anybody that was in the market to sell or buy real estate. And what are they going to say? Oh, I don't know anybody right now, but I'll keep you in mind when I think of someone. Okay. Now this, this is going to beg a next question. Now, a, 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 another episode, we're going to have, have to have Mr. Bill pipes come on here to talk about neuro-linguistic programming and, and the reflex. No, <laughs> that is the reflex. No folks. That is what's known as the reflex. No. When you ask somebody a question that they immediately answer with a no, that's a reflex. No, that doesn't mean they don't know anybody. That means you put them on the spot and they don't know what to say. And a lot of times you can defeat a reflex. No, by simply restating the question, <laughs> asking again, just <laughs> asking the same question again in a slightly different way. So, you know, Oh, totally understand that, Gabe. You might nobody may come to mind at the moment, but you know, have you given any thought? Is there anybody in the neighborhood that's mentioned that they might be selling soon, or maybe someone at work or church, you know, that might be in need of a good service? You know, the great thing about the way I do business is, is that I like to work with people like you, people that I like, people that I like, people that I hopefully like me, and that gives me an opportunity to give them the best possible service when they turn around and support my business. I don't have to advertise. I don't have to do this or that or the other. I don't have to beg people to come work with me, which, which basically means that I can spend all my time servicing my clients. Okay. So we're done with the role play session. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure you've had enough of that in the office, but one thing to take away, and I know you got a question. Go ahead. Go ahead. You gotta, you gotta call, 
and you got to ask. Sure. How do you get something if you don't ask? Now, there's a lot of agents, I said before, that have a lot of success without asking. Well, you know what they do very well? They do very, they're very good at leaving a lasting impression. Okay, but it's still left up to chance, Gabe. I'm really good at leaving a lasting impression, and I think you know how busy I am, so I probably don't call my clients as much as I should, and they still support me. Okay, that means that's because I'm good at leaving a lasting impression. But I think you know that if I did more, I'd get more. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So if you're not having success, pick up the phone. Well, now I've got two things for you. Okay, go ahead. First of all, I'm going to venture a guess that a lot of our listeners that are agents are probably trending more towards the category of agents that do something or that at least are familiar with these ideas, and they're like, okay, Jay, listen, I know this stuff, okay? I know you call them, and I know but you got to be able to ask for the business. But they still won't do it. Okay, well, so say we've got some listeners that are doing it, but they're just not seeing the results that they want. Or they've tried it and like have puttered out like a couple of different times. What's the difference? What is the thing that makes a difference between doing it and doing it and seeing results, getting referrals? Okay, so here's the thing. Yeah. And this seems way too simple. It, it almost seems so simple that it doesn't justify an episode of this podcast. Okay. Okay. But it is. But it is. And it's, the, it's, it's, a, it's a great paradigm in our industry. Just do it. It will <laughs> and, get results. And continue to do it. Trust me. Just do it. Yeah. Trust me. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably care a little bit about what I have to say. Trust me. Pick up the phone. It will get results. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're not going to upset people to where they don't use you anymore because you because you made the conversation more formal. Let me tell you something. What would you think if your doctor picked up the phone and called you out of the blue and talked to you about something other than medicine? It'd be a little weird. It'd be weird. Would you call into question how professional that that professional is? You'd at least wonder what he's up to, he or she. You'd be like, so it'd, what is this it'd about? Be, it'd be odd, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay? Like your attorney, your CPA... Like and I know I know I'm comparing real estate to these high high level professionals. You can make as much as a doctor though. I mean, or more. Yeah. Okay, so if you're the best or you aspire to be the best, then you need to be treating yourself like your service is as valuable as the family care physician that you go see or the attorney you call when you, you know, need to sue the insurance company to get a claim paid on your you know, on a car wreck or a CPA for filing your tax returns. Like you need to treat yourself. Number one, like that professional, you need to view yourself that way. And when you view yourself that way, you'll speak that way. When you speak that way, your clients will allow you the formality to talk about your craft Yep. because they know your service is worth it. Okay. A joker picks up the phone and calls their clients. They think, Oh, that guy just wants another deal. Yep. But, but, but he's a joker. And he doesn't deserve another deal because he's not good enough at what he does he won't to even deserve ask that for referral. It. And, he, and he won't ask for it because, circles he's, around it because he's guilty about receiving it. I'm not guilty. Yeah. Like, I truly believe that my clients are doing themselves the, the, the best favor they can do by engaging me to talk about real estate before making a decision. Now, that may sound cocky. Okay, I hope it doesn't. I hope it sounds good. But confident. if you don't believe that, I mean... But if I don't believe it, they won't. Sure. So anyway, I know I'm being a little forceful about this, but... The key thing, though, is do it and continue to do it, right? Continue to do it. And I think something that we should go ahead and lay out, I mean, later in the episode, we're going to talk about some creative new ways that maybe you haven't thought of to engage your clients, but 
None of it means anything if you're not laying this bedrock foundation and calling and Absolutely. continuing to call. So we've got great agents on our team, right? Yeah. We've got a couple of agents that sell 40, 50 homes a year on our team. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you something. In 2017, did those agents consistently call their sphere of influence with regularity and talk about business? I'm not going to throw anybody in the bus. But I'm not asking for names, but the answer no. is no. No. Yeah. No, they didn't. And they sold a whole lot of homes. Okay. Helped a whole lot of clients. Still had success. Had had great success, but they didn't pick up the phone and call their clients. So what are we doing this year to change that? We've got transformative goals. Well, what was the number one number one complaint that we heard from agents when we talked about trying to find a way to make sure we were going to have a consistent plan for them to call and follow up? What to say? What do we talk about? What are we going to, I mean, what do we say after we've called them? You know, we called them last month. I can't call them again this month. Yeah, what do I, I mean, say we this even, month? We even published a list of ideas. We'd even pass an idea around the oh, office. we had a couple so, meetings about okay, it. Okay, we're going to call, we're going to, today we're going to call and talk about best practices for winter, for uh, winterizing your home, mm-hmm. which is valuable information. Okay. But they didn't want to talk about that. Yeah. Okay. So what did we do? What did we do? We decided that the best thing to get in touch with our clients and actually have them engage with us was to throw them a party, was to invite them to something exactly that they wanted to go to. Okay. And there's a couple of reasons why that's effective. Okay. So number one, and probably most effective is the fact that we get to pick up the phone and call and invite them to something that presumably they find valuable. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's the phone conversation that could lead itself toward you know, a business conversation. And we don't shy away from having the formal business conversation. Number two, it gets them face-to-face with their clients and gets them in a position where they can be the host. It's always gracious to be the host, okay? It's an enviable position to be put in, okay? And number three, it, it builds team morale because we just like having, having fun, Yeah. Right, we get to go do the fun things with our clients and experience and build the camaraderie and community amongst our. I was going to say community. That's the big thing. The community is really powerful. So our our we, we folks in December we did uh, an event where we invited our clients. We we hired. A, I don't think I'm letting the cat. I don't think we have any Santa believers in in our audience. So <laughs> we hired a Santa Claus yeah. um, to come and take pictures with our clients' children. And we hired a photographer to take the pictures and we issued, you know, we, we got them the photos with Santa and it, some lots of folks used it for their Christmas card and this and that and the other. Had food, you know, had music. Had food, music, activities for the kids, um, dare I say an adult beverage for the adults. Or two. Yeah. Or seven. No, hopefully <laughs> not seven. No Ubers were seen in pickups. I this was early. Said. This was like between like eleven and two. It so was, it was a, yeah, it was it was a weekend morning um that we did this. I think a lot of people had some hair of the dog from the Christmas party the <laughs> night before, but that's neither here nor there. So but but the important thing, the, the the biggest takeaway I had was just seeing how much interaction our clients had with one another. How many mm-hmm. of them knew each other? That was the key. You had clients coming that knew each other. Like, oh, why are you here? Oh, it's because this was my agent. Oh, no kidding. That person was my agent. They're all in the same room together. And, and it raises the bar for everyone involved. It makes the client feel more welcome and comfortable. It makes each agent seem more credible. It makes our organization seem more impactful. And it is 
impactful. Mm-hmm. These people had a blast. And another reason why it really worked, how many times did we ask them for business at this event? Zero. How many times did we ask them for updated contact information at this event? Zero. No, we didn't ask for anything. And, you know, this was not you come to the party and, you know, I'm going to steal you away in a corner for five minutes to talk about referrals. We didn't do that. But what did you still get after this Referrals. Event? Yes. And how many? Oh, it was like 12. Okay, yeah. So, as I mean, a team. Serious, serious results just from showing these people a good time and showing them that we care about them. It was like 250 people, and I think we got 12 referrals from mm-hmm. it. Now, I don't know if they've all come to fruition or not, but the truth is, is we did not bring the situation up once our clients approached one of our agents 12 separate occasions with, hey, you should talk to so-and-so. Hey, I'm going to have my brother call you. Hey, we've got this house in the family. You know, it, it hasn't been able to be sold, and we need to, hey, this guy is for sale by owner, and he really needs help. Like those, that was the fruits of our labor. But beyond that, just the fun was worth it all. Oh, yeah. And was another thing that's important to think about when you talk about this you know, we'll talk about it more in a minute, but this is not the only event that we plan to do. I mean, we're no. going to do an event every single month, yeah, which for some month. teams that might sound daunting. But what happens when you bring everybody into an event and serve them a plate of food and give them a drink and then ask them for their business and then tell them you have an event next month? Next yeah. month's turnout is, you know, yeah, it's it's cricket go, sounds. It's going to go away. Because people don't want to come and be harassed for, you know, they know it's a quid pro quo at that point. Absolutely. But when you show people a good time, you say, hey, we appreciate you. Next month, we're still going to appreciate you. And we appreciate you. We appreciate you. And keep coming and keep being a part of this. They're going to want to continue to do things to be in your favor so they keep getting invited. The opposite happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and, and that's the thing. Like, we've even had people say, hey, what do you get out of this? <laughs> and it's it's like, you know, I'm sure we'll get something. Yeah. But... But that's not why we're here. What do you have to give? No. Yeah. What what do you got going on? (laughs) Um, No. So that's, yeah, it's good stuff, man. Yeah. Well, one of the key things, too, is, you know, we already had a pretty decent relationship with our past clients. Like you said, because we had made a lasting impression. So it was easier to call and say, hey, remember us? Of course you remember us. We're having a party. You're going to want to be there. Going back to making a lasting impression, a lot of agents kind of struggle with this, I think. And I think. A relic of a bygone era, if I dare say. We didn't talk about this in our uh, late to rest episode, but I think most people, when they think of how do I make a lasting impression, it's with a gift basket and a stack of business cards at the closing table or a bottle of wine and a refrigerator magnet calendar or the local baseball team's schedule with your face on it. Sure. And it's like, that'll make them remember me. What do you What do you think about the closing gift? I, I'm not, not a, I'm not opposed, but... Let's talk not, about what it does do, but what it doesn't do. I'm not a fan. I will say, categorically, I've never been great at it. Uh, I, I mean, I've bought a, you know, a client a bottle of champagne at, for closing, you know, as a celebratory kind of thing. I've handed out a few bottles of bourbon and a few bottles of wine, and I've done gift cards to Lowe's. The thing that I've found most impactful that we have done, and it, it it's kind of layering our impact um, is we've made donations to the Children's Miracle Network on behalf of our clients. Which is good, yeah. Which which supports a great organization. Um, a lot of our clients are happen to be young families, but we you know we we do this on behalf of of anybody, not just families, right? But um, a lot of our clients that are young families can really appreciate the mission at Children's Miracle Network. Um, they've either you know, have a child that has been sick. They know someone that does. 
had someone in their family that has. And this this organization really goes far um, to, to support those people. And so when they get that letter in the mail that says that we have made a donation on their behalf, that's really powerful. Yeah. Um, you know, but just a gift to make them remember me is really not my style. Um, if I'm going to do something, it's going to have an impact. I'm not going to give somebody a fruit basket like that. Just they eat the fruit or they throw it in the trash and then it's gone. And the magnet on the refrigerator. I mean, I don't know if you, if you are familiar with the part of the brain, um, called, do you, have you ever heard me talk about the reticular activator? Sure. Yeah. You have you talk about it. Heard me talk about it. Okay. So the reticular activator is the section of the brain that, that basically tells you what to notice. Okay. What stands out? It, 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 Kind of where should that. I focus? Yeah, where should I focus? What 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 has an impact on me? What stands out? So a, a great example is is every time you buy a new car, you can't help but see that car everywhere. Yeah, or when you're thinking about buying a new car, or when you're thinking about buying a new car, a specific make and model, you see it on the road a lot. You more. see it on the road a lot more, or when someone you know buys a new car, you know you tend to see it everywhere. So it's the same process in reverse when you when it comes to trinkets and things like that magnet on the refrigerator becomes invisible. It's not a reminder. It doesn't work. Okay. People may, you may make an impression when they receive it. Oh, thanks. This is great. This is really helpful. And that, but but that's all. And then it fades. And then it fades a coffee table book. I've seen people do that. It, It just doesn't work. So a closing gift for me has to have personal, significant impact for the recipient for me to want to do it. We should say there's nothing wrong with giving someone a bottle of wine as a gift at closing. That's not a problem. I mean, that's not a problem where it becomes a problem is when that's all you do and you expect referrals to come out of that bottle of wine. That's not how that works. Well, so my, my lasting impact does not come from a present. No. And even if the present is impactful, I was just going to say it might not be a gift at all. It's part of the, it's part of the feeling that the client is left with. If you're, if you provide marginal service, like, okay, maybe you feel the need to have like a really, really spectacular gift to make your impression. Look, my gift is how I make them feel about the process. Okay. It's about the fact that they know they're in good hands and that they won't be allowed to make a mistake resale or otherwise, you know, a bad property, a, cracking the foundation, a bad septic system, whatever, right? Like I do not allow them to be harmed. I am their protector. And that, okay, that leaves a lasting impression. Especially when those things take place after closing. I think sometimes the easiest thing you can do to make sure that your clients appreciate and remember you and want to refer you is just to call them the day after the closing. Just be involved at all. Because they're expecting you to be done. They're expecting you to wash your hands of it and walk away as soon as you leave the closing table with your check. But when you call them a week later and say, hey, I know that you guys were talking about you know, having some plumbing changes done when you first moved in. I've got a couple of really good contacts. Do you want me to put in some phone calls for you? They're yeah. like, wait, is this Jay? Like yeah. Jay is still calling me? Like he still yeah. cares? Yeah. Like you know you don't get paid anymore after this, right? When you do things like that and you continue to bring value and you stay invested – it changes the dynamic completely from like, this is the person I hired to do the job and the job's over to this is a connection I made. Someone that is a valuable resource to me, resource, 
you know, to me. And when my friends need help, I want them to call this person. You know what's funny, Gabe? And I'm sorry, I'm going to go a little, little rogue here. Go for it. How, have you noticed how much we say resource since we started this podcast? No, a lot. <laughs> like, and, but that's a central theme, guys. I mean, that, that, that is why we named this podcast resource because literally that's what we're after. We are that resource. We are the only person that we want our clients to call when they need anything. And we even say that we are your resource for everything real estate related. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times in the last 12 months. Like I literally say that daily Mm -hmm. and it's, I don't think any truer words could be spoken and it's particularly applicable when you talk about your sphere of influence because, and that's anybody you do business with from here until the end of my career. Okay. I want them to look nowhere else yeah. for information in this entire industry, the scope of this entire industry. Yeah. And the only way that you can cement that idea in their head that you're the person that has the answer is to provide that value before, and sometimes even before they ask. You know, even if it if it comes in the form of you saying, "Hey, I have this contact, that contact. I've got experience here, experience there." Is any of that valuable to you? Maybe at first it's not, but a couple months down the road, when they need help, they won't go to the. I've almost said the yellow pages. Nobody goes to yellow pages. Yellowpages.com. They won't go to the yellowpages.com. They won't. They won't Google. You know, local service providers. They'll call you. They'll find your cell in their in their contacts, and they'll say, "Hey, remember back when we closed, and you said that you knew somebody that did this? Do you still know that person?" And that's that's what's really valuable because that's just opening the door to referrals later on. I agree. And I don't think they're going to say, hey, remember when you gave us that bottle of wine a couple months ago? Where did you get that wine it, from? It's, it's a pretty sad testament. And, I, again, statistics, I don't know where to quote. I could probably dig it up. I could probably GTS it. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say what that means. <laughs> anyway, I could probably Google it yeah. and find out. But um, it's, it's, it was like an alarming statistic as long as it wasn't made up when I heard it. But um, an alarming statistic like – like a, a great percentage of purchasers state that they would use their previous agent, but also alarming an alarming number can't even remember their name. Yeah. So if they would use you, but they can't remember your name, there's a disconnect. And that fall off happens way faster than you think. Yes, it does. You don't think it, it takes a year. Sometimes it takes months and they're like, ah, he was, he's tall. And you know, Man, and I don't know about that guy. He was some uh, remax yeah. remax something or other, but yeah, I don't remember yeah. who it is. All right, so let's get a little more tactical yeah. before we wrap up today, okay? Let's get a little more tactical because we've talked, you know, ad nauseum about the importance of, right? Sure. And, and, and I, will, I will put the exclamation point or the nail in this coffin. Pick up the phone. That's the Call big your one. clients. Pick it up. If, and if you need to dress it up, you can throw a party. And if you really, really, really want success, then be formal, and ask the question. Don't be afraid. It, it will it will turn into business. I promise. Okay. And if you need a reason, throw a party. It's yep. that easy. Okay. So now let's be tactical about that. What do we look? What does that look like? The party. The or, parties. Yeah. We could talk ideas. We could talk execution. So how did it start? We, at first, we talked about maybe doing four parties. In the year, yeah, we were going to do we were going to do once a quarter, and so Christmas party was a given for your wedding. Absolutely, time. we were. Well, hold on, we were going to formalize our engagement strategy, if you will. Sure, which was going to consist of two emails a month, one direct mail piece a month, four quarterly parties, um, and 
Um, what else? Oh, a hand one hand, handwritten note per year. Mm-hmm. Okay, like surrounding like the anniversary of their home purchase. And before we go further, it, it goes without saying that all of this is predicated on you having your past clients in a database. Like Absolutely. that's obviously Absolutely. step one. Absolutely. So you have to have all that taken care of. And we talk about you know the essential pieces of information are physical home address, email address, and cell phone number. Mm-hmm. Okay, you need to be able to text, email, and call. Um, and direct mail. So with all that, um, I really started thinking about the fact that the call that were to come once a quarter was surrounding a quarterly event, but that not every event would apply to every sphere member. True. And I could see already with the challenges we had had getting agents to pick up the phone consistently, even good agents, even successful agents, um, even agents that leave a lasting impression, we were having a hard time getting them to pick up the phone. And I knew that if there was not an event that was applicable to the client, the client wouldn't get called. Yeah. Okay. And so what I reasoned is if we did four signature events, big ones, everyone that invited, a yeah. lot of people, you know, could be invited to that would appeal to a lot of people, um, that, we could catch a good percentage there. And if we filled the in-between months with smaller, more niche events, we would have the opportunity to, to fill the gaps and actually go deeper rather than wide with our clients and have an opportunity to make a real connection. Yeah, because you can overstimulate your past clients if you have a party every single month that everyone's invited to. It starts Absolutely. to lose its, its magic. But when you get invited to an event in January... And then you see in February that there was a smaller event on Facebook, and you're like, well, I didn't get an invite to that one. All of a sudden, they're thinking about you again. They're like, what's, what's March's event? So, so for example, maybe, maybe give an example of how we okay, did this. Okay, so I'll say this, and then I'll give it an example of what we've, what we've done recently. But yeah. um, the, the idea was, was thrown at me by our coach, the gentleman that we talked about having on the podcast in, in an episode coming up, Mr. Bill Pipes. He, he works with a guy out of – Salt Lake City, Utah, by the name of Jimmy Rex. And mm-hmm. if you want um, to view some of the same inspiration that I had, you can go to YouTube and, and type in Jimmy Rex. And there is a real success interview with Bill Pipes and Jimmy Rex about how he throws 12 client parties a year. Okay, so what Jim, Jimmy was the very same way. And just as you said, Gabe, he had a client that didn't get event, invited to one event after he had been to several prior and I know a lot of you may be thinking, oh, how mortifying the client was upset. Actually, no, the opposite worked. The client was a friend. He picked up the phone and said, hey, man, are we okay? Like, I didn't get invited to your wine tasting. Well, turns out that Jimmy didn't think that this guy was, was a fan of wine. It was a niche, small niche event. And so he didn't invite him. And it got him an engagement that he didn't expect, which was an appreciation for what he had done prior and an audience with that lead or with that sphere member. Um, and it actually turned into a referral. Jimmy shared with me that he got a referral from that very conversation. So these are the kind of things that we're after. Now, what do we do? We did the big Santa event. We talked about that. That was like 250 people. We followed that up with a, a fitness class that was taught by one of our agents at a local studio that we got a time that they were typically closed. They gave us the event, the, the event space. 
We provided champagne and chocolate-covered strawberries. Emily Hughes, one of our agents, is an instructor. She taught a class, three 30-minute classes to be exact, for about 20 people apiece. Okay, I don't think we we were quite at capacity, but probably had about 50 people there in total. They hung around afterwards. They drank champagne. They took pictures with one another. They took pictures with our banners. Um gave us an opportunity to really thank them and appreciate them for being our clients in a real intimate setting. Okay. And then they went on about their evening and then we produce a video. Mr. Gabe Pruitt produces a video that Hmm. we get to publish for all of our clients to see that this is the event that we did. Um, I'm pretty sure those that weren't, that didn't take advantage of the open invite that we put out that they'll be sure to look into the next one, which the next event in February is going to be a um, personal safety and self-defense class taught by, you know, a really serious martial artist. And it's an Someone interactive local. class. Yeah. Someone local. Okay, so we get to support a local businesses. We've supported and, and promoted two local businesses now. And like you said with the video, we did promotion for the local business that we visited for the fitness studio one. And so there's people in the community that want to collaborate with us, which is just another level, another layer of involvement where you're getting so, people at- so we're bringing people into their studio that are not typically subscribers of their of their product. Not clients of theirs. We're yeah. showing them what it looks like. They're more likely to use this this company's services after that. We're doing a video promoting them, okay, surrounding the event, simultaneously promoting ourselves, showing our clients having a happy, fun time. And we're putting that out there for everyone to see. So you can find local businesses to cooperate with you in these ways, and it costs us next to nothing. I mean, just to be quite honest, next to nothing. It's going to cost us next to nothing to do the self-defense class. I'm going to do an interview with the owner of, of you know, that uh, self-defense like training kind of company. Uh, put that out there, you know, promote his business. Also bring him some business. And, you know, we understand as real estate professionals what referrals look like. So uh, we're going to foster another great relationship with him. And that will just continue to snowball. Yeah. And you see what works and what doesn't. Okay, you get a little better. The truth is, is you never get better if you never start. True. Okay, so there's so much value that comes away from the very limited expense. Now, the Santa event cost a little money, but we got some sponsors to offset some of that, promoted some of our you know, closely held relationships and service providers, and that they were happy to pitch in. And referrals came out of it. And referrals came out of it. Not a directly paying for itself, but, I mean, when you talk about your return on investment, if you're willing to wait a little while, I mean, these things, these are definitely profitable for your business. Absolutely. And for your brand. When we're so, talking about brand engagement. Absolutely. Brand engagement is king. In 2018, sphere of influence and brand engagement marketing is king. Those are our buzzwords. Yeah. And guess who else sees those videos when we put them on Facebook? Like when we put, when we have the self-defense class and we put the video of you being put in an arm bar by the instructor on Facebook and promote it, people that aren't our clients yet are going to see it. And they're going to say, didn't I see a video where they did a fitness class last month and well, because they're in our targeted Facebook group, but they're, they're going to be like, I keep seeing these people and they do cool things and I haven't seen any other agents that are doing cool things like that and all of a sudden the calls come in. I mean, there's so many ways you can touch people with this strategy. Party with the pits team. Party with the pits team. That's right. <laughs> That's the hashtag we've been using. Anyway, folks, I, you know, I don't, I don't think we want to go too, too granular, but we did want to give you some tactics. And what I will say is, is if you're listening to this and you're just not sure how to get started and you want some ideas. We've done tons of brainstorming. We've learned a lot of lessons. You know, we're going to continue this schedule throughout the balance of 2018 and just really, it's the year of the client. Okay. We will be loving on our clients all year. 
And if you'd like to engage with us, go to the web so- website, resourcepodcast.net. You, you know how to get a hold of us via our social channels. Uh, we'll be happy to share our event calendar that we have. We'll be happy to share some of the tactics and tips that we use to engage our sphere of influence. Because let me tell you, we do a ton of deals here, okay? But 75% are sphere of influence or referral. So there is no better way to build a business than by referral. There's no bad way to generate a lead, but there is no better way to build a business than by referral. That's pretty much all I got. There you go. Well, like you said, if you guys are looking to get in touch with us or you have questions about some of the more fine details of how we go through this process, or maybe you've got some ideas for us or would like to share your successes, make sure to reach out to us. We're at www.resourcepodcast.net. You can find us on social. You can get in touch with us, send us your feedback, your questions. We want to hear all of it. But we are going to be back. We're going to have some really exciting guests coming up on Resource, so make sure not to miss it. We will be back next time. See you, folks. Thanks, folks.